following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Monday, November 5th. I'm Josh Dunn. I'm joined by Dan Bauer and Anshu Khanna. Guys, how are we feeling today? We'll start with you, Dan. You know, uh, no victory Monday for me, unfortunately, so I'm uh, in the same boat as many of our listeners. Yeah, Anshu's one of them, and luckily uh, I didn't have a loss to watch, but if there was a game that the Bengals played, I would have. Uh, but Anshu, <laughs> how are you feeling? I know probably not the best after that uh, that, that tough loss for you guys, but uh, otherwise, how are you feeling? Uh, um, yeah, otherwise, doing well. I'm trying to uh, sustain a drive here, unlike the Packers were able to do late in the game. So you might hear some uh, unfortunate <laughs> side commotion, which I apologize for. Yeah, no worries. They were recording here in the morning. Um, so we did have a chance to watch all the games yesterday. We can lead with the one that was the most recent to get it out of the way, aren't you? But um, obviously, your Packers lose 31-17 to to the Patriots on the road. And really, they were they were in a position here to, to, to make this game you know, one that they could potentially win, but for the second straight game, it's a running back for the Packers that fumbles away their opportunity. And, you know, Aaron Jones looked great in this game. Even on the run there, he fumbles the ball. He looked, he looked excellent. Uh, but he, as he's, as he's dive into the ground, uh, you know, an arm comes in from behind and, and knocks the ball loose and the, really kind of shatters the Packers chances of being able to win this one. Uh, but I thought, I mean, I thought they looked pretty good in that second half up until that point, and then the, the Patriots kind of ran away with it with the big touchdown to Gordon. But, you know, what do you what do you think at this point in the season? You guys are three, four, and one. Uh, you know, is this a salvageable season, or or is this game one of those that just kind of is a backbreaker as you look toward the rest of the season? Um, you know, I I think that it's fine. I, I don't necessarily think that I, I I mean I yes I expected them to win. I thought that. I had irrationally good vibes, as I told you before the game, Josh. I' not really sure, you know, if this is. It depends, like on the locker room. I think, you know, like like logistically, it's not a season killer. I mean, three, four, and one doesn't look good, but they still have the entire division in front of them. They play the Bears, the Vikings, Seahawks. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have plenty of chances to make hay in this division and in this conference, but. You know, the reality is you are what your record says you are. 3-4-1 and one is tough. I agree with you, by the way. Three quarters in, I thought that they looked every bit as good as the Patriots. I mean, yardage-wise, production-wise, they were right there. What's the difference? It's that one turnover. And, uh, you know, like you said, that just like last week, they've been so close at the Rams, at the Patriots. You could argue two of the four probably best teams in football. They're just, just short, and I think that's kind of the way I think of the Packers right now. Yeah, Dan. I mean, the defense definitely looked better though until those last uh, those last two drives. Um, you know, that's got to be something that you know they can look to as a positive, at least for the majority of that game. But uh, you know, Gordon kind of started to shred them a bit at the end. But uh, the defense definitely looking better here for the Packers, and that's a good sign as we saw it struggle a lot earlier in the year. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I'm looking forward to, and if the Packers can get healthy, uh, I think this is a much different game. Um, uh, playoff time. True. I mean, if you every time you looked over, there was some Packers player running in to get checked. Uh, you know, they were banged up. 
Uh, and obviously Aaron Rodgers still not 100% healthy, still not really planting uh, that bad knee. Still, every time he's getting close to contact, he's jumping in the air so he doesn't get a weird uh, weird hit to it. So if, if these guys can get healthy, and that includes Aaron Rodgers, especially that defense, I think this is, uh, you know, it was a close game already, and I think it could maybe set them over the top if these guys can figure out a way to stay out of the tunnel. Yeah, I definitely don't think they're out of it yet, and obviously Rodgers gives you a chance to win regardless uh, of what the record is, and and they're still in a position where they can make some noise and make a playoff run, but let's kind of work backwards. We had uh, three late games. We had six teams on a bye this week, so let's work through the late games, uh, the 3 o'clock slot or 4 o'clock slot if you're on the East time zone. We had the Saints-Rams. This was probably the most exciting game of the day. The the Saints win this one 45-35 behind a huge day from Drew Brees. Michael Thomas also with a huge day, and Alvin Kamara, uh, a huge first half there for the Saints. Uh, Chargers knock off the Seahawks 25-17. to I think they're finally starting to open some eyes and, and prove that they're for real. And then the Texans win one against the Broncos 19-17. to McManus misses a field goal at the end of the first half and the second half. Either one of them would have won this game for the Broncos in a game that they really should have won, had a lot of opportunities. Uh, Dan, which one of these games, obviously that Saints-Rams game, but which one of these games stood out to you in this, uh, in this late slot? Well, I mean, Saints Rams stands out to me. Uh, Texans, you know, six in a row. I mean, they're looking legit. I know you mentioned they probably easily could have lost that, but six wins in the NFL in a row is still six wins. But Saints Rams, this uh, we talked about it a lot on, on Friday's show, uh, and we all thought that the Saints were gonna were gonna come out uh, and probably win this one. But it's still just impressive to watch what Drew Brees did, and the Rams need to figure out what they're doing defensively. They spent a lot of money on that defensive line, or a lot of uh, investment. When Came to trades right at the uh, trade deadline, so there's a lot of investment on that defense, and it's not really panning out. Obviously, you're playing Drew Brees, and he's just a freak, and just father time seems to never catch up to him. But at the same time, if you're going to be the Rams, if you're going to try to win in the playoffs, you have to figure out what you're doing defensively. Yeah, and the Saints come into this game with the number one run defense in the NFL and go up against. Probably the MVP. I think we we could all agree that that Todd Gurley's been the MVP at least up to this point. But they do a pretty decent job of holding him relatively in check, at least as far as any other team's been able to do. Uh, this Saints team definitely for real at this point. The Rams were able to hang in there, but the Saints did a great job of countering that counterpunch that the Rams put on them in the second half and held Jared Goff in check, uh, held Gurley in check for the most part. I mean, I know Anshu, this was a team that a lot of people liked in this in this NFC in the Rams, but. You know, they proved that uh, they can't stop anybody here against the Saints. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks in a row now. And then, you know, the other presumptive MVP, Patrick Mahomes, is coming up on the docket. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily lock it in that Gurley's the MVP. I think that those two guys are, are right there against each other. And then, I, you're right, I think that this Rams thing, especially with ever since Aqib Tlaib's been hurt, it's just been a different story for them. I mean, like, you know, starting with that Vikings game, and then you think about what the Packers did. And then obviously now the Saints, those are three teams they could potentially see in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I think that this is this is kind of a scary situation for them. I know that this game really pivoted on Alex Anzalone intercepting uh, J- Jared Goff there late in the first half. They had a chance to win late, but that's those types of plays, you know, those 14, 10, 14 point swings are just really, really tough to overcome. And uh you know, I, I, I think that, you know, this is so big because the way the NFL is, you know, this could be the difference in where this game will be down the line. And, uh, you know, playing in New Orleans versus playing in L.A. is such an enormous advantage for New Orleans. Yeah, definitely. I, I, it was a it was a fun game, though. They, they were going back and forth 
throughout and uh, definitely a fun game to watch. There was a really bad play there by Marcus Peters, who's been one of the better corners, you know, in the NFL for a lot of years, but he uh, wasn't set on that Michael Thomas touchdown. Thomas got behind him and that really changed the game. I mean, that put that put uh, the Rams out of it. Uh, but there were some big games in the early slot as well. Uh, the Ravens Steelers game in the AFC North. Obviously, those two teams jockeying for a position there, still both in contention to win the division. Uh, the Steelers win that one 23-16. A uh, couple injuries that looked like they could be pretty serious. And Ben Roethlisberger, he goes down, looks like it could potentially be a shoulder. And Antonio Brown has his hand stepped on. Both of them looked like they could miss time. Both of them came back and made big plays in this one. Uh, the Panthers handle the Buccaneers. Uh, Falcons take care of the Redskins in a game that they really needed to win. This Falcons team right back in the thick of things now, and the Redskins, people are going to be asking, you know, if they're for real after they drop from 5-2 and two to 5-3. and three. Uh, The Vikings handle the Lions 24-9. Dolphins take care of the Jets, and the Chiefs take care of your Browns. Uh, the Bears-Bills, I don't even know if we need to touch on that one. The Bills just absolutely terrible. Nathan Peterman with three interceptions again. Uh, this Bills team... I think everybody would be safe to say that this is the worst team in the NFL. But uh, let's look at these early games. Um, Anshu, which one of these games stood out to you as something that could change the pace of the end of the season? Oh, I mean, I think we got to look at, unfortunately, your most hated rivals there with the Ravens and the Steelers. And the Ravens, I thought this was a huge opportunity for them, obviously, playing at home. And now, you know, it started 4-2. and two. Now, I believe, 4-5. and five. And, you know, there are talks in the answer about whether or not John Harbaugh will still be there uh, when they come back. So pretty interesting. They just completely stopped going to John Brown, it seems like. I mean, six targets, but you got to – he lit the Steelers up the first time. And this is an offense you saw, you know, they, they had a, a pretty electric play call there within inside the 10 where Joe Flacco completely ignores a wide-open Lamar Jackson on the right side, and then there were all the conspiracy theorists out there thinking, you know, maybe he's not tossing the Jackson to avoid, you know, like the – I mean, I'm sure it's – BS, but like you know, that, get, avoid the uh, credit to them, and I like this this offense that looks really interesting and and vital and you know aggressive early in the year is now totally petered out. So I think the Ravens, a team that we all thought were a contender, are now looking, definitely looking like an outside looking in team. Yeah, and Harbaugh said he didn't hear any of that uh, rumor mill about him potentially being on hot seat. But, you know, this Ravens team's going to be faced with a lot of pressure now. They're 4-5. and five, They're third in the division. Uh, the Bengals at 5-3 and three stay idle. But uh, this Ravens team, like I said, I mean, Flacco's been talked about. He's had a few really bad games. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's just sitting there with the athletic ability that he brings to the table. A lot of people are going to be calling for Flacco's head and hoping to see Lamar Jackson starting there. I mean, Dan, do you think that they are going to be forced to make a quarterback decision or a quarterback move at any point in the season? Or do you think maybe that that ownership will force Harbaugh's hand to say, you know, hey, we're in a position now where Flacco's not been able to win us big games in the, in recent history, and, and we really need to get it back on track to be in a playoff run? I just don't think that you can make that big of a, a quarterback switch this season when you're still very much in playoff contention. We, don't, we have no idea. Lamar Jackson... Yeah, it'd be great to get him some experience if you're a Ravens fan. But at the same time, there's going to be that learning curve. We've seen it with all these rookie quarterbacks. There's going to be bad interceptions. There's no way that a rookie Lamar Jackson is, puts you in a better spot to win a, to get into the playoffs or win a playoff game than a veteran Joe Flacco. Maybe with uh, you know some reps and some and some time in the offseason, and then he's ready to go in 2019. But if you're truly trying to win, uh, truly trying to get in the playoffs, you'll stick with Joe Flacco. That being said. I think if you switch to Lamar Jackson, that's showing that this team is moving on. Uh, they're tanking this season, but uh, if they're trying to stay in contention again, they're four and five. Um, you know, they're just a couple games back of that last wild card spot. 
Uh, this might, we've talked a lot about that Miami team being pretenders. I think Baltimore could easily catch them if they get on a hot streak. Uh, your your Bengals, I still think, is going to get one of those wild card spots. Uh, but then after that, you gotta you're you're chasing the Chargers, which is going to be tough. So um, you know, it, it's basically probably Bengals Ravens for that last wild card spot, uh, and it, it's definitely an achievable goal if you're Baltimore. So I would say stick with Flacco, uh, but if they go to Lamar Jackson, it's officially tank season in Baltimore. Yeah, and the, the Ravens will have an opportunity to take that playoff position right away from the, the Bengals in a couple weeks. The Bengals are minus 16 on the season in point differential. The, the Ravens plus 53 uh, and, and wow. only a game and a half back. So, But they have lost three games in a row going into the bye. It's going to be interesting, though, because if the Bengals are without A.J. Green in that game in a couple weeks, that's that completely changes the landscape of it. And you think back to last year, that last game that knocked Baltimore out of the playoffs. T- uh, Tyler Boyd had a big game in that one. A.J. sat out. They would absolutely need Tyler Boyd to step up in a similar way uh, if they're going to beat the Baltimore Ravens. But that's that's a ways down the road. Uh, any other games in the one o'clock slot that stood out to you guys that you want to touch on before we move on? I mean, I'll say that that Falcons Redskins game is a big one just for you mentioned it. Atlanta needing that win to stay alive. Uh, Washington, there's no business only uh, putting up 14 points against that banged up Falcons secondary. Like that, if you're True. Alex Smith, that is ridiculous that you can't score more than that. Um, and, and so I think that's that shows a lot about. Uh, what Washington really is. We've talked a lot about them on our kind of contender pretender stuff throughout the season. And if you can't put up more than 14 points on that defense at this point, uh, I think you're falling into the pretender category. Yeah, I agree with Dan. I, I think that this is like looking at that game is a classic reason why we, we rush to judgment every week and it's a week to week league and whatever. But, you know, look how quickly the skins going into that game are what five and two and now five and three, the, the, we thought we buried the Falcons. I mean, they basically had no chance at making the playoffs. Now they're four and four and that offense looks electric. I thought that Julio Jones touchdown was such a huge difference just for their season. Like in terms of, you can tell how much they are just obsessed with him on that team. And the fact that he finally gets in the end zone seems like a big boost to their morale. And, and those types of plays can totally change the trajectory of a season. And uh, just on that play, I think that you see, you know, the pivot of the NFC in some ways, at least kind of the lesser playoff team. And I think the Falcons have a very good shot at, at cracking that wild card now. Yeah, definitely. The Falcons are a team to look out for. Their offense is awesome. Their defense looked a lot better in this game, especially on the sure. defensive front, putting pressure on Alex Smith. Uh, the one that stood out to me, guys, was this Vikings-Lions game and, and Stafford being held to under 200 yards passing. Dalvin Cook comes back. He has a 70-yard run in this game. I mean, that's going to be huge for the Vikings to get that change of pace back, uh, you know, with Dalvin Cook and, and the fact that he looked healthy enough and, and really looked quick on that 70-yard scamper, too. Uh, that's going to be huge for this Vikings team. So I think that, you know, their defense stepping up in this one and, and making Stafford, who's, you know, obviously one of the better gunslingers in the NFL, they really held him in check, and their their offense themselves looked really good. So uh, that Vikings team, I think, is going to be one to watch for if they can keep the defense playing the way that they did here against Detroit uh, as the season wears on. Uh, the Dolphins also, even though they win, I, I, their defense wins this game for them. Uh, they're playing against Sam Darnold, who's looked pretty terrible over the last few weeks. I don't think this Dolphins team is for real, regardless of whether it's Tannehill or Brock Osweiler. And, and I think we're going to start to see that when they see some stuff, some stiff competition. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, there is a big Monday night game tonight. And I think it's big because of what we just talked about with the Washington Redskins. Uh, the Cowboys sitting at three and four. The Titans also at three and four. But the Cowboys, you know, this is going to be their first game with Amari Cooper at that number one receiver position. And the Cowboys at home. 
Uh, they're 3-0 and at home on the year, and the Titans not doing so well on the road. So this is going to be a game that Dallas really needs to win, really needs to get the offense going, and uh, they could really make make a move in that division as well. Yeah, that's absolutely. True. I mean, it's a it's a five point spread. I I think that's a little bit uh, adventurous on on giving the Cowboys that many points. I think this is a three point game and a low scoring one at that, like seventeen fourteen kind of thing. Yeah, but one to watch for sure, and we'll be talking to you guys about it on the Wednesday show. But uh, we did want to talk a little bit of college football on this one. We had one of the biggest games of the season, if not the biggest game, and it ended up being kind of a, a stinker. Uh, but Alabama ends up winning 29 to nothing uh, against LSU here on the road at LSU. Uh, I mean, Alabama just looks like they're untouchable completely this year. Uh, Dan, what did you see out of this Alabama team and Tua Tagovailoa, and, and, and they just roll through LSU uh, to the shutout? Yeah, I mean it's it's like watching a video game with these guys playing. I, I mentioned before, like you know, watching the Packers play looks like uh, you know a lot of times Aaron Rodgers is playing a video game on easy. And if there's anything you can set a video game to that's even easier than the easiest setting, that's what Alabama looks like. Uh, I mean, Tua, some of the passes that Tua puts out are are absurd. I mean, they're Pro Bowl level passes that he's put uh, right in the middle of stuff and to shut out the third-ranked team in the country, and a team that has had some very, very big wins throughout the year. I mean, this is not an LSU team that's uh, that's not, you know, battle-tested, and they, they're playing at home. Uh, so to go on the road and just stuff LSU, I don't think there's any chance that anybody gets remotely close to Alabama. I mean, they're going to win a national championship game by 35 points. Yeah, it doesn't look particularly close. Clemson also, you know, really overmatching their opponents this year. They beat Louisville 77 to 16. But the other game that I wanted to touch on, Anshu, was in the Big Ten. Michigan absolutely putting a whooping on Penn State. They beat them 42 to 7. And this Michigan team, you know, they're really rolling right now. Obviously, they have the loss early in the season to Notre Dame, uh, but they're rolling through their opponents right now, and they they have a legitimate opportunity to be in this playoff. It probably is going to come down to that Ohio State game, and Ohio State is reeling right now. You know, they almost lose to Nebraska. Uh, They're able to hold on late, but uh, Michigan rolling through everybody right now. Yeah, I mean, the Michigan revenge tour, as they've put it, has just been insane. Um, Like you said, that early season loss doesn't look too bad because Notre Dame looks pretty darn good right now. Um, And then I saw that in Vegas, the the Wolverines would actually be a six and a half to seven point favorite over uh, that Notre Dame team if they were to rematch in the college football playoffs so pretty interesting there you're right it's going to come down to that game in Columbus um, which is always a must see but even more so if both those teams are essentially playing as like a quarterfinal game to get into the playoffs so um, yeah this Michigan defense is absolutely absurd Rashawn Gary is going to be a guy who gets his name called in the top 10 next April in the draft and uh, you know they are every bit the contender they were hoping to be Shea Patterson is a different look for them and pretty interesting to see what John Harbaugh's Jim Harbaugh's team looks like with an actual quarterback at the helm yeah the other big one was Georgia Kentucky Kentucky was in the top 10 for the first time in a long time and they end up dropping here uh the game to Georgia Georgia wins at 34 to 17 this uh this SEC is is a fun fun conference right now it's going to be interesting to see if they can get two maybe even three teams into the playoff but uh michigan notre dame some others are going to have something to say about it obviously clemson's still sitting there as well Uh, but a lot of big games left to be played here late in this college football season obviously you'll have conference championships and we'll be here to uh bring it to you as it happens but uh that was all i had for college football uh guys let's get to oh by the ways keeping the show within that 20 minute range uh what do you have 
So the MLB free agency period has officially kicked off, and the GM meetings or the initial GM meetings are taking place this week, which means you're going to see a whole bunch of chatter. I, I don't know that you'll see any of the big fish land yet, but a lot of the groundwork gets laid. A lot of that hot stove gets fired up. So, Dan, I know that you're going to be interested in that. And then, um, real quick, the college basketball season gets kicked off this week, too, and that is going to be absolutely awesome. You get that hardwood classic. I believe it is a, is it a, it's an indie this year, I believe, and that's usually you know for the top five programs in the in the country. So pretty exciting week of non football stuff here early. Nice. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA and and really just kind of how how bad it's been for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, there's been a lot of news out there. They're they're dealing with a lawsuit with one of their assistant coaches, uh, an ageism lawsuit. They're they're obviously fired. Tyron Lue, they can't come to an agreement with. Um, Larry Drew, right. it's 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 getting pretty ugly in Cleveland. Uh, there's rumors that the veterans don't think Colin Sexton's very good. Uh, but the guy who left and kind of left this team in shambles is LeBron James, and he goes out to L.A. There's there's rumors that Luke Walton could potentially fire be fired. Magic Johnson's come out and refuted those rumors. But uh, the Lakers last night set a franchise low with a 25 point deficit after the first quarter against the Kawhi Leonardless. Toronto Raptors. They end up losing the game by 14, 121 to 107. But this Lakers team not looking anywhere close to a playoff team at this point in the season. They may have to fire Luke Walton just to get a change of scenery there. But uh, both the Cavs and the Lakers and LeBron just can't get things done this year. And it's uh, it's it's, it's very early in the season, enough time to, to kind of write the ship, but it doesn't look good for either team. Uh, Dan, why don't you take us home? Building off on shoes a little bit, a couple interesting team names coming out in the Bryce Harper market. So the Cardinals and the Giants have both come out and said uh, that they're interested in at least seeing what it would take to land Bryce Harper. So a couple teams that none of us have really talked about in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes, uh, but a couple guys who may be at it. I don't really, you know, I, I so think he's going to stay East Coast. I don't think it's going to be in Washington. You know, I think it's uh, he's going to stay in the Eastern time zone. But, hey, you never know. Uh, it depends on how big someone's checkbook you get. Absolutely. Lots to keep an eye on, guys. Uh, anything to add for the good of the group before we let our listeners get back to their Monday? That is a no. We will see you guys on Wednesday for Dan Bauer and Anshu Khanna. I'm Josh Dunn. This has been The Leftovers.